1: one, two, three, four.
2: Thanks for listening to this podcast produced by Diddy TV. Visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content or download the official Diddy TV app from your app store today. Welcome to Insights, everyone. Today, Amy Wright conversates with members of The Pixies, a group that's influenced more bands and fans than most groups in the alt-rock world can claim. They just released their 8th studio album, Doggerel, on September 30th via BMG. The band sees this album as a reflection of growth, a mature collection of songs that's bolder than anything they've ever done. We dig into the making of the album in this conversation and what it was like reinvigorating their creative process after the pandemic. From Diddy TV, here's Amy Wright with David, Paz, and Joey of The Pixies, right here on Insights.
3: Well, let's dive right in. So, Joey, let's start with yep. you. You were around for the very, very beginning in the formation mm-hmm. of the Pixies. Um, so where did you guys meet? Where did you and Black Francis meet? And UMass,
4: a- UMass, um, we were suite mates. Um, so there were like, uh, how many rooms? I don't know, four other rooms. And uh, I had a roommate, you know, I'm my own roommate, but we have a common area and, um, Yeah, we got along Um, um, and uh, he started playing songs in the common area and his roommate was playing. Maybe this should be off the record, but uh, his roommate was playing the blues over his stuff. And I um, (laughs) was. No way. (laughs) This cannot happen. And I was I left my guitar at home because I wanted to get uh, good grades. It turns
3: out. I was going to say, how did that work out?
4: <laughs> 1.7 and I got into peyote and uh, tennis.
3: <laughs> All right. So David, you joined the band yeah. just a little bit later. Um, yes. I was going to ask Joey about his version of it, but why don't I just hear, hear it from you? You know, how did that happen?
1: Well, years ago, before I went to college, I was working at Radio Shack, my big electronic geek. And uh, I was working with a man named John Murphy there and uh who became mrs john well mr john murphy from you know kim and uh, john got married and after i had left radio shack i was going to college and um i got a call from john and it seems that when kim answered her an ad from joey and charles they were looking for a drummer john had suggested to kim myself so john got in touch with me and that's that was the whole connection all like that so i owe radio shack a big um, thank you
3: <laughs> thank you radio shack now is there radio shack anymore i guess there's a well, few right
1: i cried when one they went bankrupt it was horrible horrendous for me because i mean that was my life as a kid and all growing up but someone bought it uh some guy bought it um it went online it was in Radio Shack only online, but now there are franchises opening up. They're starting to do that again. So hopefully they won't go down that same route with cell phones and this and that. But, but, right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed because there were things that you could only get at Radio Shack. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Were, were you stoned when you met
1: us? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i, I loved I, I loved it back then i could have been yeah.
4: Be, because charles Go. you know i don't i don't think he was like uh that uh you know he wasn't very talkative. he wasn't interested or something i go i think he was really stoned you was played, I, played, I remember you played the lynn drum machine yeah, just just for the hell of it, I go, oh shit, he's got chops, you know.
1: Yeah, with my with my fingers, but yeah, <laughs> but but I think it really was I was shy back then. When magic has changed my life completely, okay. I think it was shy shyness. Yeah,
3: I, I think it's super cool that you do magic, and I'm going to talk about that because I actually <laughs> wanted to be a magician when I was a kid, and I did oh, wow. I did shows for other kids who were younger than me, so they couldn't they couldn't question my. Uh, my abilities, but I've just always thought it was such a fun thing to do and so fascinating. Um, so, pause. Let's let's get you in here because um, you joined later. You joined in, in 2016 to this fun party that's been going on for a while. 2014. Oh, 2014. Oh, that's right because it was two years. I got years. the call.
0: I got the call. 2012, and my first show was January 10, 2014. Uh, and, uh, was, I, you know, people say, do you ever get nervous when you play a show? Okay. I've been nervous only once in my entire life. And that was that show. <laughs> and that was I that. Yeah, that would be, well, I mean, you were kind of filling some, some big shoes you know, too, right? Instead I mean... of rehearsal, we did, uh, we decided we were going to do a recording, like a, like a little 45. Remember Women of War? And I just, I just was meeting everybody, you know, and um, I was like, should we rehearse? I was like, no, we're going to make a, a, we're going to write a song. And um, I think we went, we passed through some, some songs, but I, and then there's like, oh, and by the way, there's no set list. Oh, and by the way, like, you know, Joey does this thing, but don't mind that. I was like, okay, what is going to happen? You know, (laughs) like, and I just wanted to get through it just to understand the rhythm that you can't explain, you know, how you can't explain what's going to happen. You have to just do it. And then, but once we went through it, um, it was all, you know, fun after that.
3: So was it was it stressful to have to learn all those songs because, you know, you join a band, they've got a back catalog and uh, was that stressful?
0: Uh, Stressful is not the correct uh, adjective. Um, I think it was more uh, uh, very, very, very fun. However, you know, if you if you do all of the back catalog, if you just play it on your on your, um, you know, playlist, it's hours of material. So yeah. just to practice you and just to play it once, you know, uh, imagine how many hours that is just to, you know, it's like you can listen to it once. Okay. And that's like three minutes, but let's say you practiced it three times, three times, you know, uh, each record, that's a lot of hours a day just to like learn um, the songs uh, But you know, but I re- very much enjoyed it.
3: So when, when were you guys first signed to a label? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually go to the album here in just a few minutes because I want to make sure we talk about the new album. But when were you, were you signed to a label? Was that early on or a little bit later? Joey?
4: Pretty early. You know, um, it was after we did uh, that, those uh, demos and those songs. Some songs came. I think eight songs made it to uh, Come On Pilgrim. Uh, so it was pretty early. I remember meeting the uh, record company. Remember that at the, uh, at the North end at the European. Oh, and wow. they met us and they thought they were shocked. They thought we were going to be in leather jackets and look all rockers and stuff, you know, I, had a, I don't know. I was wearing a polo shirt, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, no, I, I couldn't pull off a, Punk look, anyways. Plus, I got kicked out of a punk club because I was wearing an alligator. They, they they wouldn't let me in. So I just go, you know, I remember spit. He goes, and then they go like, "What? What the fuck? Why can't I go in?" No alligators are said there. I go, "Are you fucking with me?" You know, and it's like, well,
3: at least that was the excuse. They just told me I wasn't cool enough. So,
4: you know, I never even tried that. Oh well. Okay,
3: so so David, um, uh, let's get to the newest album. Let's talk about Doggarel because that—that's how. How do you guys stay creative after so many years? I mean, you—you keep putting out amazing new albums. That's not the easiest thing to do, by the way. But how would you? What would you attribute your ability to do that?
1: I think it's we love what we do. I mean. This is, this is something that I've always wanted to do. I love doing it and the appreciation of it and everything with it. um, That's what drives us, I think. And it's just where we all get along and we're very fortunate to do what we do. We're very fortunate. We have an audience that still likes us and is getting younger and younger every show. So that's giving us, I think, the drive and the chutzpah to keep going. So, but yeah, that's, that's in a nutshell for me, that's,
3: that's what it is. So pause, where did you record the, the new album? Um, and what was that studio experience? Like,
0: I'm going to be honest about this and, you know, and this is no offense to all the other amazing studios. This was my favorite. Um, it, the, and, and I'll explain why this is in Vermont. We were in Vermont. Um, and, uh, We like to go somewhere secluded or a place where we're not distracted. I personally love the winter and we all agree that the winter is like the best time to uh, not go, oh, what am I missing out on out there? You know, it's so sunny and beautiful. So um, to kind of reach your potential self in a sense where you're focused and without distractions. Now, I will say, My bass tone in this record is my favorite bass tone, and it's not. And the reason why I'm going to blame the studio is because nothing has changed, okay, except for the studio, and and this is a brand new studio but it's been around for 10 years, okay? So not brand new, but it doesn't have the nostalgic like weight of the, you know, this person recorded their letter. you're kind of creating its own story. And, uh, and the way that they uh, built it uh, is for the I, where we are today with electricity or, you know, and uh, for example, they're grounding, and I think this might be why, um, it sounded so good. My bass, which is again, natural. It's not like I'm using a bunch of, you know, anything, uh, uh, they put literally, uh, have a hole in the studio, uh, uh by the console that has a grounding, like a, a piece of metal. I think David would be a little bit more scientific of what exactly I'm talking about, but they ground the studio with an actual, like, mm. um, uh, yeah. Um, what is it? A, a, a metal uh
1: ground yeah. rod really. yeah.
0: Like, yeah it goes uh, deep into the
1: earth and it's uh, the perfect thing i wish i had it for my shortwave radios here at home <laughs> yeah.
0: so it gets rid of any buzzing and you know so it's the the real grounding uh that um that i've never heard such silence in a studio in a sense um and and power and also the accommodations were like very comfortable um and maybe it's my age like you know now i kinda, you know the way it was like where the where another scene is like it was amazing as well and very fun but uh you know you kind of have to uh you know you're like in a cabin and you you know but this one was extremely accommodating um and uh yeah uh i am a little bit in the name right now oh guilt, guilt uh, guilt, guilt for sound
3: well, that's so important to be comfortable in a studio because if you if you aren't, then it just takes away a lot of the creativity and and, and you don't feel like you can just do anything you want to do and experiment. Exactly, and you're, you're not concerned
0: about am I going to get hot water? Yeah. Where, where's this thing? Like you're, because we like to cook as well, and you know you it was completely equipped and everything was functioning, so you could just focus on the music and get the most done
3: in that time frame. Perfect. And, and Joey, you mm. actually wrote a couple of songs on this album, right? And, um, that was, was that new for you or?
4: Yeah, I, I've done something like that. If you call it scoring writing, but it, it's, it's, uh, but I, um, and I've done it with me you and know, my ex and uh, I, uh, it's, it's yeah. Music. It's the first time I've done it with, uh, Pixies definitely. And, um, uh, it's all because of the pandemic, really, you know. the um, pandemic. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, you know, it was that magical guitar that I have here that they never used. On, uh, <laughs> I, I took it to Guilford Sounds, but it's it's a uh, it's a beauty, and uh, I I just love playing with it. I have to admit that I'm one of those players that pick up a guitar and feels like I'm picking up a pen and pencil. I mean, a pencil and pad, you know, but um, I enjoy it now. You know, I just, because usually I'm practicing pixie stuff, but now I'm just strumming chords and seeing where it goes and, you know, it's fun.
3: So would you say that the pandemic just gave you some space to be more creative and just sort of take the time to, to, to write a little bit when you didn't have time before
4: yeah you know had a lot of time there was a lot of uh, i mean la was great you know cruising the highway going somewhere fast then you find yeah. out everything you go somewhere fast really fast just foreclose everything everything's shut so you know except for this i don't know and then This guitar shop was always open, It's Normans. So I went over there and uh, got a guitar.
3: So, David, how about the other songs on the album? How did how did you guys put that all together? And um, were those songs being written also during the pandemic or, um, you know, what's the story?
1: Uh, What it was, you know, Charles or Black Francis is usually the writer for all the Pixie stuff. And um, it wasn't two years in going to come up to this. I think it was a couple of months. (laughs) you <laughs> to get ready, but we had 40 songs he came up with. And those 40 songs went to Tom Delgetty. Tom Delgetti is our producer who did the last two albums and this album as well. And Tom, being the ambassador and how he is part of the family, Pixie's family now, he's the one you got to relegate all the songs to to pick and choose from. So out of those 40 songs, we got a list of songs that were, you know, potential for Dog World. And that's what we traded or that's what we listened to and learned. And then we went to the studio in Vermont. We would probably before we record record that day would have an idea of what we were going to record. And in the residential area, which was a little, which was situated differently than the studio, we had a little setup there of drums and some amplifiers and stuff like that. So in the morning, we would go over those songs or song. Then we would go to the studio and then just cut that. If we could and stuff like that. But that was the that was the rationale and how everything worked out and how the songs that we did get.
3: And um, I was reading that some of the songs were meant for a different album, so or a concept. And so how did you guys take those forty songs and then, you know, cut it down to the, the songs that are on the album? How did you make those choices?
4: I didn't oh, know that. Be like,
0: wow. I, don't, I don't know if I don't. Where did you hear about a concept, right? This is how we find out anything. Is through the interviewers know more than we do. <laughs> um.
3: <laughs> well, so so you can correct me. So uh, what okay. I read was that uh, <sighs> some of the songs that Black Francis had written it some uh, some of them for like an Americana or country sort of style, um, and that. I think that they were those,
0: influenced. Um, he was listening to a lot of like folk Americana, but I don't know. I've uh, never heard of anything that was like a conceptual record uh, being made from that. And then Tom Dalgetty is kind of like, yeah, as, as David was just saying, the ambassador where he he listens to everything. And from there, he, he starts kind of molding what what songs kind of fit well with each other. It's not necessarily what's the best song, but conceptually, like what kind of record do, I, do, do we want to make? And, um, and then we kind of lean on him and he makes the choices. So from there, I think there was about 18, 16, 18 songs. And then we uh, recorded uh, 16. And then from there, there's the twelve.
3: So who produced the album then? Tom Dalgetty. And what would you say that he brought to the the um, the whole process? I mean, what did he add?
0: Well, it's more than he
3: pulls out than add. You
0: know, he likes to pull the best out of us. And this is his third record with Pixies as mine. So I met him, you know, on my first record. Sorry, there's like a slide. Um, uh, and we've had this relationship now that uh, has flourished just like any so we can all sit in our seats and know uh each other much better now on our third record and he knows how to pull out the best in us because he knows our playing um and so instead of trying to discover it uh he's like you know uh david know how you do this thing on the you know and then he'll kind of um reference certain uh, things that he's seen David play. So it's not, you know, out of another record, you know, it's more of how he's noticed us playing and what could fit well for the song. So it's pulling out the best out of us.
3: Well, Joey, um, how, what would you say, um, if you're a fan of the Pixies, makes this album say a little bit different?
4: What makes it uh, different? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I think that the way we structured the songs are clever, you know, and they all clocked in at three minutes, which is which is pro time. <laughs> 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 we didn't, we didn't, we didn't mean to do that. It's just like growth, I think. But I, I um. The weirdest, longer? The longer weirdest than yeah, yeah. The oh, weirdest okay. the, the weirdest is still there, you know, because we started up, we you know, this band started out with a weird lump of clay, you know, and it's the only thing that we could play with is this thing, you know. And we could try our best to make it look like a you know a real building, but it's not never gonna be it's never gonna be the case. The clays to uh Funky.
0: Frank Lord, right.
4: Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, Lloyd Wrong. Yeah.
3: So, so David, I, re- I was reading that you guys, you've been on tour, right? Yes. For the first time, you're out of the country. How does it feel to be sort of back on the road and playing in front of people again and all that fun stuff?
1: Wonderful. I mean, having not done it in two years, really, it's it's... It was wonderful to get back to work. I mean, the, also, I learned to appreciate it again. Just like the Reformation, this is another, you know, an appreciation that was you know, having this two years taken from. So I think it was wonderful for us as well. We did a very long tour. I think it was almost three months in Europe. And um, I think that we played very well, considering not playing in two years. We, we all have, we got up to great musicianship. And I think it had shown in a lot of the audiences. Um, it was wonderful to, to see the audiences going kind of crazy. And especially, like I said, the younger audiences. I mean, it's it was just surreal. So it, I think we kicked off on a good kind of start for having I mean, not done this in two years. It was yeah something that I appreciate and I absolutely love doing this these, these last couple of months.
3: Well, I'm just going to ask you then one last question so that we sure. can kind of... Let, I'll let you guys go, but um, let's 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 go around and each of you answer the same question, which is, um, what were you say during during the pandemic, that was different than music, that maybe you couldn't have done uh, otherwise, or um, you know some sort of skill or something that you were doing that uh, you finally had the time to do when when you weren't on the road like like you have been in the past, and so maybe um, Paz, you want to uh, pause, you want to start us off.
0: Uh, I took pottery. I learned. I bought a wheel. Um, I uh, I always wanted to uh, because meditation is a very uh, you know uh, it's I don't know if I can just sit and really just not think or however it's it's complicated to get to a meditative state. But when you're doing pottery or when you're doing wheel, uh, you really just lose like you. Uh, you know, where's my mind? You know, you lose your mind, yeah, and to uh, a, a, a wheel that is uh symmetrically, you know, that you're trying to uh find your balance in this way, and there's nothing that enters in there except for this concentration. And this kind of meditation was so healing for me during a time that my anxieties were like next level. I, I didn't even know some of these anxieties that existed. Um, and the pottery, um, I would take it through YouTube and it had a little wheel and whatever, you know, and that was very meditative.
3: I know what you're saying. I finally just took a deep breath, I think last month after all this. And I'm like, wow, I, I didn't realize how stressed I was. Um, how about you, David?
1: Uh Gosh, I think it's just in terms of maybe magic, just presentations, because, mm-hmm. you know, during the two years, the Pixie social media was kind of just us pictures and this and that, mm-hmm. really boring. So I offered up to do some magic for it. So that became um, a thing called Magic Mondays. And then I reached the bottom of my bag of tricks, Tricks. so it got to Magic Monthly. But the, 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 the best thing about it was writing presentations and reworking what I used to do magic-wise, as far as the presentations for social media because I'm just trying to make either a comedic or a new take on it that would involve the pixies, music and things like that. So it, it just really I think it brought up the board as far as you know my creativity and writing presentations, I think on that, which I enjoy very much. It's just a fun thing to do. And yeah, that thing and um yeah just family. That and family I think are the best two of being home. So
3: as a lover of magic, I can't wait to, you know, find some of that and check that out because I love it. How about you, Joey?
4: Well, P- Paz touched on the meditative stuff and I uh, I just uh, I had to learn how to uh, be comfortable with myself, you know, and I, I think I did a pretty good, uh, pretty good job at that. You know, I, I did. I did. This sounds uh, like I'm going to ride a unicorn, but I, I was really studying meditation people that have done it, breathing techniques and all this stuff. And I was just uh, trying to get to uh, another state, you know? I went to a float tank. That was open when that happened. But anyway, yeah, that's what I like to do. My spirit. I know what you're
3: saying. I I actually had to uh, first slow down because I didn't admit that there was an actual problem in the beginning. (laughs) And then when I finally admitted it, then I had to figure out how to slow my whole self down. Uh, which isn't the easiest thing to do sometimes. But one last question. So what what is Doggorel? I mean, what does that mean? Um, and how did you k- kind of come up with the name for the album? Maybe, uh, David, you want to take that one?
1: Well, it's, it's the name of one of the songs of the album that Charles uh, wrote. And mm-hmm. what Doggorel means, if I'm, if memory serves me right in what I know, it's a small kind of, uh, like a poem, like a poem, mm-hmm. but kind of like a, not your typical poem, like a little, um, like a street poem or something. I mm-hmm. think that's what the connotation of web dog will means. But um, yeah, I and mean, it's just because of, I think the song and a great kind of interesting word, that's what it became.
3: It is a great word. I love that word. It's a great album too. Um, I wish you the best. I really want to uh, tell you that thank you for joining me today and um, love, love, love your music. I've been a fan for many years and so, it's very exciting for me just to be able to talk to you guys about the album and uh, we wish you the best. All right. Thank you. you. Take care. Bye. Bye
1: Bye, Amy. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
2: All right, folks, that's a wrap for this edition of insights. Thanks so much to Paz, David and Joey of the Pixies for dropping by to chat about the making of their latest album. Doggerel. You can stream Doggeroll wherever you choose or order a physical copy over at pixiesmusic.com. The band will be touring internationally well into 2023, and you can find those dates on their website as well. From all of us at Diddy TV, thanks again for tuning in today, and we hope to see you again real soon, right here on Insights.
5: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football